Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. Most of us would say, well, show me the money. If you can't show me what the end is going to look like, I'm not going, just plain blank. I'm not. If you can't tell me what, if, what we're going to get out of this, I'm not going. But he trusted the God that we are serving today, the same God. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. And this morning, we want to talk a little bit about God's grace. We want to talk about His love. We want to talk about His many blessings. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22 says from the King James, The blessings of the Lord, it maketh rich, and it added no sorrow with it. Same verse in the New Living Translation, it says, The blessings of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. In other words, when your time comes, and you have that nice car or that nice house, You're not staying up all night wondering, how am I going to pay for that? The blessings of the Lord make it a person rich, and it adds no sorrow with it. Because if he opened the door for you to have it, he will open the door for you to pay for it. Yeah. What is blessings? There's a definition. A favor or gift bestowed by God, thereby bringing happiness. So why would he give us something that would bring us pain? When he bless, it always brings us happiness. It is for a good reason. And today I want to talk on, the, on this subject, from this subject, af, af, um, from rags to riches. Amen. From rags to riches. And I want you guys to pay attention to this because it takes me about three weeks I, it's, I don't know how he does it, but <laughs> every time Pastor Mark asks me to preach, it's like I'm already preaching something to myself, and it just fits right into to what he wants me to do. I'm already thinking about it. It's already in me, and I'm, and I'm feeding from it before I get here. So this is something that basically I already done, preached to myself about three or four times, and it keeps getting better and better and better. From rags to riches. But first, we want to start with a man called Abraham. As you can see right there, if we go over to the next slide, I don't think I Yeah, there you go. Where it says in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 10, the New Living Translation puts it this way. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my command. He talk about lavish, unfailing love. We talk about God's love to all your generation. All of it. And God, you know how God loves. He said if he did not withhold his only son from us, won't he give us everything else? I don't even want to even think about that. I have one son. And I myself, I am one, one son, one brother. I have 13 sisters. One boy, and I have one boy, 
And I can't even think about nailing him to a cross or just, that hurts too much. And he gave us everything. He gave us his one son, the only son he had that he loved so much. Won't he give us everything else? So let us focus on Abraham for a minute because this is where we're going to set the tone for the whole message. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 7 in the King James, it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Verse 2, And I will make, I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. You gotta, this is about four different parts right here. He said, I will, bless, I will make of thee a great nation, number one. Number two, I will bless thee. Number three, I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And if you go to the book of, we're not going there right now, but Romans, not Romans, I think it's... Um, uh, Proverbs chapter 22 and 1. It talks about, when we talk about making your name great, it said, a good name is better than precious ointment, which means that if your name is good, if you have a good reputation, anyone will want to work with you. People will just do things for you because of who you are, because you have made a good name for yourself. You have kept the bargain. You have kept your, your whatever plans that you had, whatever uh, promise that you made to someone, you have kept it. And here you are today with a good reputation. Now I can send you to the bank and say, tell them Nelson says, and they will receive you because you have a good name. All these are blessings that God promised to bestow, to give to Abraham. Verse 3 said, and I will bless them, and I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord has spoken unto him, and Lot with him. And Abraham was 70 and 5 years old when he departed out of Haran. Verse 5 says, and Abraham took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother-in-law, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the, and the soul that they had, and the soul that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And Abraham passed through the land into the place of Sichem, uh, Sichem, Unto the plain, unto the plain of Mori. And the Canaanites was then was then in the land, and the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said unto and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there built built excuse me, and there built he an, an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And you can see every time God showed up and spoke to Abraham. Abraham built an altar unto the Lord. And back in those days, an altar represent, um, you know, the presence of God, where he, God met someone, where there's something take place. And I put that little, this um, quote that I found, it said, a grateful heart is a magnet for miracles. 
So we should always be thankful. Whatever God has done in our life, we should always be thankful. And you can see Abraham, every time God showed up and speak with Abraham, Abraham built an altar and gave thanks to God. Let's, let's look at um, Genesis chapter 13. And we are still paying attention to Abraham's life. Chapter 13 said, and Abraham went out of Egypt. And, and Abraham went up to Egypt, him, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him into the, into the south. And Abraham was very rich in cattle, and in silver, and in gold. And he went on his journey from the south even to Bethel, and unto the place where, he, where his tent has been at the beginning between Bethel and Hay. Unto the place of the altar where he had made there at the first, I'm read it again, verse four. Unto the altar of, unto the place of the altar, where he had made there, at the first, and there Abraham called on the name of the Lord, and Lot also, which went with Abraham, had flocks and herds and tents, and the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. In other words, God has blessed them so much that both of them have so many substance that they could not stay in the same region. God has blessed Abraham so much with so, so many cattle and sheep and silvers and gold. Abraham was extremely rich. And Lot, who went along with Abraham, was also rich. Verse 7 says, And there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's cattle and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Parasite dwelt then in the land. And Abraham said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray, I pray thee. Let there be no strife between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we, for we be brethren. In other words, we are family. Let us live in peace. We are family. Let there be no strife between us. You got your stuff, I got mine. Verse 9 said, he said, is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go then I will go to the right. And if thou will depart unto the right hand, then I will go to the left. In other words, choose. If you want to go left, I'll go right. If you take the right, I'll go left. But let there, no, let there be no strife between us. We have more than enough. And he's trying to keep the, the peace. Abraham is really trying to keep the peace. And verse 10 says, And Lot lifted up, Lot lifted up his eyes, and beheld all the plain of Jordan. Then it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou hast come, it, as thou, as thou hast, as thou comes unto Zorah. In, in other words, the land that, that, um, that um, not Abraham, but the, lot, the, lot, the land that Lot looked at, it looked so green and so nice, and he chose us that part because he wanted the best. And we would have done that too. Any one of, any one of us would have tried to, to get the best piece of land. He chose the land, and he thought it was the best. And he, went, he separated from Abraham. Verse 11 said, Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, 
and Lot journeyed east, and they separate themselves the one from another. Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the city of the plain, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. But the men of Sodom was, were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Verse 14, And the Lord said unto Abraham, after that Lot has separated from him, we got to pay attention to this now. Remember, Abraham was already rich. The Bible says he had all the cattle and sheep, silver and gold. They were both, they both was already prospering. They had a lot going on. That they, the land couldn't, couldn't hold it. it. It wasn't big enough. They had to separate. What area they was in, they had to separate. They, they had so much stuff. But here now, in verse, in verse 14, he said, lift up now thine eyes. You got to pay attention to that word, lift up now. He said, okay, now that he's gone, let me show you something. He said, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art, northward and, and southward and eastward and westward. He's saying, now that he's gone, let me show you something. And we thought Abraham was already rich. He got a lot of stuff. But now that he's separated, it's, like, it's, it's almost like Lot was holding him back. The Lord said, now that you separate, let me show you something. He said, from all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, to thee will I give it, it and to thy seed forever. You're talking about riches. Even after all the stuff that they had, that they couldn't be in the same place together, that they have to separate it. The Lord is telling him now that you guys are separated, I want you to look up. Let me show you something. All that that you, that you can see, as far as you can see, I'm going to give all that to you. And we're talking about the man Abraham, his life, his legacy, how rich he was. Verse 16, and we're going to get to the, to, to the point now. But I want you guys to get this because I want you to see what God is doing in his life and how this thing can work in our life too. And how God is not a God that he cannot run out of anything. He is infinite and everything he have is endless. So we thought Abraham was rich. Even after they separated, there, here comes more stuff. And he keep getting richer and richer and richer. Verse 16 said, and I will, make thee a seed, I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth. Yeah, this is more plans, that he, more promises that he's making to Abraham after all that he have. And he says, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall, they, then shall thy seed also be numbered. My goodness. If any man could number the sand. Then they can number Abraham's seed. That's how rich this man is going to be. The promise that God made to Abraham. Verse 17, he said, Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abraham removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is Hebron. And built there an altar unto the Lord. Here he building another altar again. Altar were built to commemorate an, an, an encounter with God. He is remembering what God has done for him. He, has, he is remembering God speaking to him. They, 
they, they haven't encountered. God came and speak to him and tell him all these things. And he is so grateful that he built an altar and give thanks. Now, how do we play into this? We're talking about Abraham's life. The richness of Abraham, his entire life, him and Lot, all the things that God has done for him. How he has started out from nothing. God has told him to leave his family and to go into a land that he was showing. The only thing he had was his, his, his family and the, the stuff that he had before. And now he is so rich that he is called the father of faith. But how did this happen to, how, how are we going to play into this now? We are talking about from rags to riches. And I read all that. I chose Abraham's life so that we can see how we now that are living in this earth, in this time, where people are thinking that tomorrow might be the last time they can have, they, they can have um, something that is good. They, you know, I've seen people who says that, well, this brother got laid off. It might be my time now. It may be, I might be next. They say, well, everybody is losing stuff. I mean, there's no job. There's no the, the food. There's, I read a comment that people are thinking that we're going to run out of food in the United States. People are being crippled by fear now. That they are thinking that there won't be enough for us all. People are cutting back so much they won't even give into the churches. They won't even be generous to others because they're saying what I have is just enough for me. But we are talking about a God that says, the scripture said um, that he will never change. Yes, he will be the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is still the same. And this is the God of Abraham. This is the God that Abraham has trusted, trusted that he left his home and he's, he went into a place. He, don't, he didn't even know where he was going. Most of us would say, well, show me the money. If you can't show me what the end is going to look like. I'm not going, just plain blank. I'm not, if you can't tell me what, if, what we're going to get out of this, I'm not going. But he trusted the God that we are serving today, the same God. And I want to show you something in this scripture, how we now can experience the same blessing that Abraham have experienced. But if we continue... To keep our eyes on the problem, we will never experience the blessings of God the way we're supposed to. Because we will come discouraged. We will think that because it happened to Johnny, it's going to happen to me. Because it, it, because it is in my neighborhood, it's going to happen to us too. We begin to, to compare ourselves with someone else when the scripture is plainly telling you and I personally what God has for you, it is for you. Nelson can't get that. And what God has for me, it is for me. Galatians chapter 3 verse 6 to 9, put it this way in the Living Translation, it says, In the same way. Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteousness because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God, 
What's more, verse 8 says, what's more, the scripture looked forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when the, he said, all nations will be blessed be, through you. Verse 9, so all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessings that Abraham received because of his faith. And that's where I want to get to. I'm not making this up. You can't make this up. It is in the scripture. It said, verse 9, this is our ticket. Verse 9 said, so all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. And look what he has, look what God has blessed him with. Silvers and golds and sheeps and, and, and cows and all these different things. I always says, a friend of mine told me, well, one thing I've, I've said is you cannot, and, and this is, my, this is my, my saying, there's nowhere you can repair a, a, a um, what, what's the best car you can think about? Rolls Royce. You cannot repair a Rolls Royce with a Toyota manual. You just can't. What happened? There's, there's things that, that are placed in different places, and they are different. The fuse box might be different. The switch might be different. The brakes might, all these things might be different. You cannot repair a Rolls Royce with a, a Toyota manual. And if you are God's child, if we claim to be God's child, we must live our life from the precepts of the Bible. And what he's saying here, it, it, it still belongs to us. He said, so all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessings Abraham received because of his faith. So why are we walking around and not sleeping at night thinking that I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow? When the scripture is plainly said, don't worry about tomorrow. I got that. That's already been taken care of. The same blessing. And you can read Abraham's life and all the things that God has done for him. And he's saying the same thing that God has done for Abraham, he can do for us today if we have faith in his son, Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 to 19, put it this way. Don't forget that you Gentiles, and who was a Gentile? Gentiles is the ones who, who is not Jews. It was like people like us who was outsiders. We are not Jews. We, 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 we are not from the Jewish, um, the, Jews, the Jewish clan, if you want to put it that way. They're descendants. We, we are not Jews. You know? So we were Gentiles. We were like outsiders. And the scripture says in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11, it says, Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were like uncircumcised, uncircumcised heathens by the, uh, by the Jews. You were, you, no, I read that wrong. Let's read it again. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affect only their bodies and not their, their hearts. In other words, the circumcision was the, um, the covenant that God made with Abraham. He said, everyone in your household must be circumcised. It is a mark 
of my promise, my promise to you that I will bless all your generation, you, your generation, everyone in your household, even the slaves that you purchase. They must be circumcised too because it is it's a mark that you belongs to me. And all those blessings was for Abraham. What would happen if we were still on the outside? But today we know that we are on the inside because of our, because of our faith in Christ. So why aren't we living like that? Why aren't we acting like it? We are not outsiders anymore. The pandemic have no, 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 um, no, no, what should I say? No effect on us. It shouldn't have no effect on us. The election, is, it's not our business. I mean, it is our right to vote, but it's not our, we shouldn't get to the point where we're hurting someone because they're on another side. We have no calling with those things. The Bible said, I will supply all of your needs. Verse 12, it said, in those days you were living apart from Christ. You were, ex you were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promise God has made to them. You live in this world without God and without hope. But now... But now, verse 13 said, but now you have united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, again, but now. But now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. So we are on the inside. The same blessings that God has bestowed on Abraham belongs to us. And that's why today we can walk around with our heads up. And we can make those confession. What God has for me, it is for me. And I want the best of it. I want every part of it. Like I always say, Christ has paid a price for our life. He has suffered for us. He did that so that the same blessing that was pronounced in Abraham can now be ours. We have gone, when you look at this, we have gone from rags to riches. From not having a God. The Bible said there was a time when we walk around without a God, without hope. But now, because of Christ, because of his, the price that he paid for us, you and I has gone from rags to riches. The same blessing that God has pronounced in Abraham now belongs to us. And I refuse not to have my part. I'm taking every bit of it. As, as the man said, there's a song said, your blessing look good in you and you wear it well. I'm going to wear mine because there's some people who are saying, I don't want to let someone else know that I have a new car because you know what? They're going to start talking about me. They're going to start saying that I think that I'm more better than them and all these different things. But guess what? The Bible said the same blessing that was pronounced in Abraham is now ours because now we are children of God. Through faith in Christ. We can't back down. Verse 14 went on to says, For Christ himself has, has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentile into one people when, when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility 
that separated us. You remember we just read when they were saying that we were uncircumcised heathen? That's what they used to call us. Uncircumcised heathen. But now Christ has broke down that wall where there's no more Jews or Gentile. We are all one. No more Jews or Gentile. We are all just one family. Everyone is a child of Christ. No distinction, no different. He did this by ending the system of the law. That is verse 15. He did this by ending the system of the law with its commandment and regulation. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups together as one body. Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility towards each other was put to death. So why are we today hating someone because of this, the color of their skin? Why are we still walking around trying to think that I'm better than you and you're better than me when we are one? That's why I, I keep saying that the, uh, uh, the, the manual for the Toyota cannot repair the, the uh, Rolls Royce. If you're going to live for Christ, you have to live by his precepts. And that's only, there's only one book that you will find those rules and regulation in, and it is in his Holy Bible. Just one book. Folks are making it so difficult. They are trying to, to get so deep that the, the message that they're supposed to convey to God's people is so confusing. It is a simple message. God loves you. He dies for you. And through faith in his son, Jesus Christ, you can be the child of God and receive the same promises that Abraham has received. You don't have to walk around living below that, that, that line that God has. Uh, I, I try not to use poverty because I don't want anyone to be offended. But to me, poverty is, 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 a, is a mind thing. Because I have believed for years that Christian wasn't supposed to be rich. And I've heard so many brothers who came into the ministry who had stuff and said they give everything away. And then they find out that was false. Because we are the one who was supposed to lead the pack when it comes to stuff. We're supposed to be rich financially, mentally, spiritually, and spiritually. We are the one who's supposed to be there. If we believe, if only we believe. In this day and age, we are living in a time where people are falling away because of what they are seeing. And if they are not seeing, we, the tree of life bearing fruit, how are they going to follow us? We are the light now. We are the one who have the salt we are the one who is taking the word out to the world. It is up to us now. I said it before. You are not going to see another Jesus Christ walking down Galilee. Not to say that it can't happen. But he said he would come again. That was already set aside. But for right now, man, we, we have the, the responsibility of taking God to the world. We are the one who is showing them what God looks like. We are the one who is showing them. When they see love in us, they're seeing God. God is love. 
God is peace. We are the one who is showing them what God looks like. The Bible says no one never, no one see the Father. No one know what it looks like. But because we have the Holy Spirit living in us and we have the characteristics of God, they are seeing Christ in us. When we love, they see God in us. When we forgive, they see God in us. When we are not jealous, they see God in us. But because we are trying to make this thing so difficult, most times we miss the point. And people are so confused out there now. People are still seeking for the truth. People are, are going crazy because they don't know that they have the, the blessings that's already been pronounced in them. They don't know that they can ask and they shall receive. They don't know that they could seek and they will find. They don't know that they have that authority to call things the way they're supposed to be. Confused. And I always believe that the mind has to be renewed in order, in order for us to, to accept this truth. Because I couldn't see how a young man like myself, well, we have three businesses right now. How can, I couldn't see that happening. I just couldn't see it happening. But when I read what the scripture said, what God has for me, and if I trust God, if I walk upright before him, if I know who I am, then all these things, because I'm seeking him first, will be added on to me. It is time for us to rise up and to be the, the person that God created us to be. It's time for us to start playing that victim mentality, that victim game. I don't know anyone in high places. I don't know anyone who can give me a job. I don't know anyone who, who can pull some strings for me. The Bible said God already paid that price. That string was already pulled over 2,000 years ago. We got to walk into our destiny right now. It is up to us. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What are you thinking? What are your thoughts when you wake up in the morning? That this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice in it and I'm going to receive what God has for me. Or I'm, I'm going to go out and keep saying, well, I don't know what's going to happen today. Even little statement like that is off key. I don't, you don't know what's going to happen today. My God promised to supply all of your need. Expect the best to come to you. Expect the best. And it might, I'm telling you, you have to get to the place of boldness to say these things. You have to get, because people are going to hear, hear it and they're going to talk about you because you know what? They are trying to measure you with the world. And that can't happen. They're trying to measure your accomplishment with what is going on around us. It cannot happen. The Bible said the things of God for the natural man is like foolishness. He can't comprehend how God can turn things around from you, can take you from rags into riches without you going out and get a, a loan that you can't pay back. They can't see that. They can't see you ask and you believe that you receive according to Mark eleven twenty four. They cannot see that happen in your life. The Bible said when you pray, if you believe that you receive it, it will be yours. All he wants you to do once you pray is to rest in me. Just rest in my peace. Just stop worrying about how this is going to happen. Because his ways is not your ways. He know how to get it to you. You might be thinking that it's coming from the east when it's coming from the west. And when you look into the east, the west already passed you by. 
We have gone from rags to riches. And some of us don't even know it. From rags to riches. Let's go down to Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 to 29. And it says, There is no longer Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, male or female, for you all are one in Christ. And now that you belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham. You are heirs, you are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Belongs to us. Romans chapter 8 verse 17 says, And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. In other words, people are going to say things about you, but so what? Because, you, because of your boldness. Because you said, you know what? I'm going to trust God for this. God lives in me, and whatever I say, he backs it up. Amen. He's watching over his words to perform it. This is the day and age that we got to shine. This, I, I keep saying, I say it many, many times with my friends. I said, we are living in the best time now. You know why? Because we can put the word of God to work, and the, those who do not know God will see the light. They will see what God is doing in our life. And this, this is, it will create so many opportunities for us to show them what God is like. Because they're going to come to you and want to know, how, how, how are you doing all this? All this thing, all this good stuff is still happening to you. You're not working six and seven jobs, three jobs. Uh, you're not up all night. Something happened. You're still not crying. You're not losing your mind. They want to know, how are you keeping this peace? What is going on in your life? And this is an opportunity for you to share your story. Share Christ with them. Let them know what God is doing in your life. The same thing that God has done for Abraham, sometimes we have to separate. Sometimes we will have to separate. And it can be, I was thinking about this, and it, it doesn't mean that physically you have to leave home. It doesn't mean that physically you have to get rid of your friends. Sometimes you just have to separate your thinking. Amen. They might be thinking one thing and you just have to, you don't agree with them. You just have to separate. This is what I believe. This is what God said. And this is it. You just have to separate your belief. Don't, don't argue with them. You just separate. They're there, but you're not there. You're all in the same place, but your mind is somewhere else. You just have to separate your belief. What is an heir? We talk about being an heir with Christ. It says an heir. What does it mean to be an heir of God? The Greek word heir means, I'm going to skip that over. Clear or no more. And that's all you're getting. <laughs> It means to receive an inheritance. <laughs> and it means that you are a beneficiary. <laughs> you have an inheritance. That's it. That's enough. 
King of Rock, we'll go past that. The, the inheritance was possessed in Christ does not have any base in work. It's, you, you, you receive an inheritance through faith in Christ. Yeah, the Bible said Christ died for us and he rose again. And you, you're not, you, most time when someone leaves an inheritance for their children, they don't receive it until that, um, that person dies. And we got to look at it this way. He, the scripture says he died and he rose. So he died, so we are entitled to that uh, inheritance. So you have an inheritance. You are an heir to God's glory. And if we think about it, we are just like Abraham. You are rich in so many ways. You have wisdom. You have knowledge, infinite knowledge, wisdom of God that is inside of you. You could come up with some ideas. You could come up with some business ideas that would just blow these things out the wall. You can solve problems. People will pay for that. There's so much riches inside of us. Most time, you see, sometimes we look for it basically from a, 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 a physical or a material standpoint. But spiritually, because you are a spirit, the Bible said, he who worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. You can, from your spiritual standpoint, from the true person that you are, you can come up with some ideas, you can come up with some problem-solving ideas, you could come up with some wit and inventions as we talk about in our confession. There is so much riches inside of us. Man's mind has been made to create. God is the, is the mind of man. Can, do, do you, have you ever experienced trying to build something or trying to write something or have, um, whether it's in school or anything, Say, for example, you, you were supposed to build a, a, a table, something for your class, and they told you what they want you to do. Can you remember constructing that thing in your mind even before you cut the first piece of wood? Th think about it. Even this desk, this podium, whoever built this podium, in their mind, they already know how they want it. They already know what color they want. They already know what they want to put on it. And they, want, they already know what height they want it to be even before it was constructed. That's how rich the, in the, the, the wisdom of God that is in man's mind to create things and take you into a place of prosperity that no man can stop you but yourself. No man can stop us but ourselves. We have gone from rags to riches when we receive Christ as our Lord and personal Savior. Because the Bible said, let this mind that is in Christ be in you. And think about the mind of Christ. He said to take off the old man and put on the new man, which is the mind of Christ. Think about what the mind of Christ was when he was on this earth, according to the Bible. Think about the things that he has done. And the Bible said, let that mind. That is in Christ. He was all about his, 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 um, his father's business. He was all about being compassionate. He was all about solving problems. He was all about uh, giving and, and, and not using anyone. Think about the mind that he had. He even turned water into wine at, at, a, at that wedding. Look at the gift that he had given to, to the bride and the, the groom. And the Bible said, let that mind be in us. From the time we receive God as our, Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, no man can stand back and say, I don't know what I'm going to do anymore. That's a lame excuse. 
I don't know. I, I can't read. I can't write. I can't build. I, I'm not skillful. Any things like that is not. The Bible says any man like wisdom, let him ask God, and he will give to us generously. He said, ask and it shall be given you, and you seek, you shall find. You know how many things that me and my wife fix, so many cars we fix by seeking on YouTube. <laughs> you know how many problems we solve seeking on YouTube and, find, and fix it, and it worked properly. Yeah, what if we didn't seek? It would have cost us a lot of money because we had to take it to the, to the shop. But we went to YouTube and we typed in what we need to find, and there's the solution. And we go while we are fixing. Uh, rewind that video. <laughs> and we fix it and save us a whole bunch of money. But our mind has to be renewed and get to the place where we are. The Bible said in Romans 12 and, and 2, it said, do not be conformed to this world. In the New Living, it says, do not copy the customs or the behavior of this world. Because when we begin to think the way the world is thinking, they are thinking limit. Uh, um, limit. Their, their thinking is limit. Why are we supposed to be thinking unlimitless? I mean, uh, unlimited. No end. No, no, no limit to our um, resources. They are thinking that this is all, this is all I have. The Bible has said, do not copy the way they think. Do not copy the way they do things. One of their favorite things is you scratch my back, I scratch yours. We don't, we don't have to do anything with strings attached. Because if I do something for you, I know God will, re, re, will repay me. The Bible said the man who give it unto the poor is like he lend it unto God and he will repay him. But if I'm doing something for you so that you could do it back to me, it's not true love. It's not love. And it also showed that I'm not trusting God for my, for my provision. I'm not trusting him as my source because I'm given because I know I always have more. Because the reason why I'm doing that, because I've gone from rags to riches. I am rich. Rich beyond my wildest dreams. But our mind have to be renewed for us to, we have to flush out those old way of thinking. Someone might have a bag of bread, two bag of bread, and because they don't know, um, they hold on to the bag of bread. Someone need a bag of bread. I'm going to hold on to this. I don't know. I might need it. My kids might need to eat. Somebody get hungry. And guess what? At the end of the week, both bags spoil, and you got to throw them out. Both spoil, and you got to throw them out. When you could be a blessing to someone, and with that blessing, it will open up the opportunity, open up the door for you to speak to someone about God and tell them about his goodness. Abraham trusted God. That's the reason why he left his home. We have to trust God like Abraham. We must trust God in that way. It doesn't matter what it looks like around us. It doesn't matter what it looks like. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It doesn't matter what we're going through. Never mean never. And for the Bible to plainly tell us that the same blessing because of our faith in Jesus Christ, have the same blessing that he has pronounced on Abraham. He said, I will make you rich. Every family in this earth will be blessed through you. And we are now 
partakers of that blessing because of our faith. So why are we still living the way we, we are living five years ago or three and even a year ago? Now that we understand who we are today, we should be living the way God wants us to live because the Bible plainly said in John 10, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Why would we want to see him hanging on the cross? We, see, we sing that song all the time. Some of us can't even stand the, the, to watch that movie that Mel Gibson made with the whooping and stuff. People cried. Cried in the movie, cried openly. But yet we go back to live the same way, not receiving what he said in John 10, 10. That we have been now gone from rags to riches. I came that you may have life. I don't want you beg and borrow. You never seen the seed of the righteous begging us, uh, uh, begging for bread or forsaken. This is the time where we got to take the word of God for what it is and put it into action. Stop being a victim and be the one, being an overcomer. Live according to the word of God. It doesn't matter. Your education doesn't have nothing to do with it. Your family background doesn't have nothing to do with it. The only person who can stop us from getting to our destiny is we ourselves. When we deny ourselves, when we forsake ourselves, when we look around and say, well, if it happened to Johnny, it's going to happen to me. So you know what? I put back my, the goal that I have or the desire that I have, I put it back in my back pocket. I, I'll do that next year. And when we get up, when we face it again, we look around and we see, oh, yeah, well, this one just, lo he lost the house over there and this happened over here. And then we put it back again. Not trusting the God in us. Not being bold enough to take that step, to know that God is there with you. Where he said, I will never break the covenant that I made with you. Over in uh, Psalms 89, 34. Nor alter the things that went out of my mouth. We are living in the best days of our life. When we have nothing but the word of God to put out there and see it works for us. We have the best. And God has proven it, that he will back it up. Because the scripture said, and in, it didn't, it, it's not just a statement, it's a question. If I give you, I have given you my only son, won't I give you everything else? As a matter of fact, I already give you everything else. Because from the time you receive Christ as your Lord and personal Savior by faith, everything that you need is right there. The same blessing, now you are Abraham's seed according to the Bible, through faith, and the same blessing that I've pronounced on Abraham now belongs to you. Now you can claim it. You can say, I am healed by his stripes. What God has for me, it is for me. If God is for me, who can be against me? Now I was young. I'm old now. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. You lost something, God will replenish it. If someone walk out on you, you still have God. You still have hope. Stand firm on the word of God. That's what we're here for. God is always with us. It never leaves us. He lives in us. And until we accept that truth, we will find ourselves always living below the standard that God created for us to live by. 
We got to stop looking at ourselves, stop looking at our education, stop looking at who we are. That wasn't, that's in the past. That's in the past. There's so many, so many uh, evidence around us where people came from not, never graduated, never went to high school, and they're making millions of dollars now because of the wisdom of God. There are so many who came from nowhere. And now their own businesses, their own studios, their own all kind of stuff. So why are we looking at someone else and say, well, you are the one why I'm not where I'm supposed to be? Are we calling the God a liar? The Bible said if they claim they know me, but the way they live, they, they are denying me. We can't, be, uh, can't us be denying God that way by the way we live. It's showing that we're not trusting God. We got to get up. We got to step up to the plate now and to be that light. We are the one who is showing the world what God looks like. We are the one. God is in me. When you look at me, you are seeing God. You are seeing love. You are seeing forgiveness. You are seeing patience. You are seeing all the attributes of God. That is God. God is love. He said to love one another as I have loved you. God is peace. He is forgiven. He is joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I vow that I will teach the word of God until he comes back because I want to see God's people. I want to see people be encouraged to be free to step up and to enjoy the best of God. And it doesn't matter what season it is. The Bible says you will be like a tree planted by the water. If we just abide by his precepts. And for me and my house, that's our, that's our goal. And for the world, that's my desire. For us not to live below who we are. We have already been transitioned from rags to riches. Is it, some people call it blab it and grab it. I, I can't see that. I don't see it that way. I'm not condemning anyone. What I see is opportunity for us to, to have what God said we can have. Be the best. Receive all of it. If you think that he suffered enough for us all, it's like a, a man who have insurance and when his car broke down, he had full coverage, full coverage, but yet he calling someone else to, um, to give him a ride. When there's an um, opportunity to a rental car, a free rental car, how can you take the insurance and not taking the opportunity, the liberty of using, um, having a free rental car? It's the same thing. How can we say, as long as we have Jesus, we don't need anyone else? As long as we have God, we don't want anything else. You can keep the riches. Why did you think God gave man such wisdom, such knowledge to create all these wonderful things? The houses, the cars, the, 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 the cameras, the, the, everything that God has blessed man with such wonderful, infinite wisdom to create. And we're saying that we don't need that. To me, it, it, it's almost like a slap in the face. I want my daughters, my son, to, for them to have the best. 
I want them to have the best. And to see them go outside and ask someone when, I, when I'm capable of giving it to them, it, it, it wouldn't make me feel good. Why didn't you come to dad? Why didn't you come to mom? This is our time. You are rich. You are filled with the wisdom and knowledge of God. You are better than what you think you are. It's right there in the Bible because of our faith in God, because of our faith in Christ. He said that we are now heirs with Christ. And as Christ said, all that my father have is mine. Start making those statements. Start speaking life over yourself. Start calling those things which are not as though they are. You have the mind of Christ. It's there. You, it's there. You can use it. The Bible saying Galatians, this is the last one. Galatians 4 and 1, it says, Now I say that an heir, as long as he is a child, defer nothing from his servant, though he be Lord of all. The New Living Translation put it this way. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leave, leaves an inheritance for his young children, these children are not much better off than slaves and until they grew up, even though they actually own everything their father had. We got to grow up. Our minds, got to, we got to elevate our mind. We can't, like the, the, the scripture said, you know, once, once I was young, no, it said, when I was young, I spoke as a child. Now we got to grow up. We got to grow up so that we can receive. We got to grow up our mind. Our mind got to be renewed. So that we can receive what God has for us. Because some of these things, some of these promises, they are so big that if your mind is not being renewed, you will think that is impossible. You will look at yourself and think, well, look at me. It's impossible for me to, to own a business. It is impossible for me to be a CEO of a, of a five or ten million dollar business. You know, one of those big business. We have to grow up so that we can receive what God has for us. Our mind got to be elevated. We can't, we, cannot, we can't continue to think the same way and get different results. It got to be different. And today you know who you are. Today you know you have been transformed from rags to riches. Live like it. Act like it. Dress like it. Speak like it. Let it be seen, let it be known that you are a child of a king. The blessings of the Lord make it rich and add no toil with it. He will make a way. He will open the doors. He will do what you want. The Bible says if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desire of your heart. What is your desire? Just ask for it. You're already rich. He didn't tell you to, to figure out how you're going to pay for it. Ask, and you shall receive. How can you even mess? How can we even mess that up? Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. Ask, because anyone who asks, he said, receive. You know why they receive? Because Romans 8.32. 
He gave us his best. He already gave us his only son. Won't he give us everything else? From rags to riches. That's, what, that's who we are today. And through faith in Christ, it was possible. Amen. Amen. Let us put our hands together this afternoon and thank God for, his, for all that he has done for us. He is worthy to be praised. We thank God for his word today. And we promise that we will be doers of the word of God, not hearers only. Because that's how we allow our light to shine so that the world can see who we are. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.